Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, dear listener, welcome to the same old Wombles season two episode in the 20s. Um, join us here. Oh, we're recording this on a Monday, the Monday when uh, the announcement has been made uh, that Ali Alhamadi is leaving AFC Wimbledon. It's uh, uh, and the the funniest thing is we've just start, started recording this at uh, twenty past five and uh, Adam joined the podcast and the first thing he said to us was was there any news anything happened today Alex and I thought he was taking the Mickey but genuinely he hadn't heard anything so yes I'm joined uh, by uh, Alex folks and Adam Proctor and we're going to be looking back on um, Al Hamadi uh, checking in on the Mansfield game which was just amazing. Um, a bit of a tribute to the most amazing Wimbledon fan, Mick Pugh. And um, Alex will be taking us through the Alex Folks Trophy, his favourite competition of the season. Know your passion's very real. I must say we're all impressed. The way the fans approach this test. The days have gone when football clubs live and fly just on fans' love. Davis isn't just a game. And tough decisions must be made. So, chaps, where to start? Where to start? Uh, maybe we go chronological um and let's start on uh and when i say chronological i mean from the weekend nothing happened before then so uh saturday was um the the reaction we were looking for uh against mansfield town it was an an incredible atmosphere great i mean a really a really cracking game um and I can't remember the last time I've seen a last-minute winner. So to win in the last minute was just immense. Um, Alex, you were there. What was your what was your take on the game? It was um, frustrating and then absolutely fabulous. Um, yeah, last-minute winner, three points, um, a very much needed three points. Yeah. But the frustrating bit, first of all, you know, they went down after 20 minutes, they went down to 10 men. Last man tugged back Josh Davidson, pretty clear cut. Uh, so, yeah, that was fairly obvious. And we thought, well, this is a game we thought we might get a draw out of. But now suddenly you're playing against 10 men for 70 minutes. We're going to win it, aren't we? And then, try as we might, nothing happened for a good period of time. Uh, until on the stroke of half time, Omar popped up and knocked in a goal despite being injured. Uh, he went off at half time, but we thought, you know, okay, we'll we'll do this now. We'll build on it. But second half, they played far better. Uh, they didn't look like they had ten men. Uh, they certainly didn't have a target man up front. They'd had a player taken off with a um, bruised shoulder or something like that. Um, certainly holding it as if it was broken, but it was, you know, some sort of shoulder injury. Um, the the guy who got sent off was their um, right back, who number nine, um, centre forward, and looked like a centre forward. But he was their other big target man. So what did they have to do after that? What could they do? Uh, it turned out that what they could do was rely on uh, standing centre-back Lee Brown to... Uh, give them the ball right in front of goal and they duly slotted it home. And we thought, well, this is terrible. And then we made a load of subs. Um, JJ will quite rightly be able to point out that he had made every attacking sub he could. 
Um, he took off Davison, who bizarrely got man of the match. I mean, fair play to the guy for getting the guy sent off, but he hadn't really contributed very much. Um, brought on Sasu, brought on Connor, the new guy, um, brought on Ryan McLean as well. And we suddenly started looking dangerous. We tried different approaches up front, Sasu down the middle and then Sasu on the wing with, with the new guy in the middle. Um, and then last minute winner and new guy pokes it home and seemed relatively pleased with his efforts. Uh, got himself a booking for taking his shirt off. Uh, that was quite fun. Um, I think JJ got himself a booking as well for running down the touchline to celebrate. They won't care about any of that. Um, Mansfield had a, a penalty, a relatively good shout, I think, but others will disagree. Um, turned down by the referee, at which point they completely spat the dummy. Um, substitutes throwing stuff on the pitch. The referee went over and booked most of their bench, it would appear, including giving a second yellow to one of their players who'd been taken off. Um, and who, so, you know, they finished the game with 10 men despite having two men sent off. Yeah. Oh yeah, I wondered what that was. I couldn't work out how that other one, but okay. Yeah, yeah, they were on the bench then. <laughs> and then the referee blew the final whistle, and, the, and we went slightly mad. It was um, a wonderful day. It was a great weekend of sport, which just got ruined today. So, you know, I think it was fabulous. It showed that we were absolutely on uh, able to do it. And shout out for two players who I thought were incredible the first was jack curry who seemed to have the ball at his feet all the time beat men made decent crosses actually showed why he is um the player that we we think we can get a lot of money for in the fullness of time uh the other one was um john kamana gordon the new um forward who's on loan from crystal palace who was just brilliant he cut inside he beat men he did what a winger does i think he could play center forward as well you know he was he was a cut above so that's a good bit of business that gives us hope that we've got forward attacking options um and yeah all around it was just a very very pleasing experience it was it was it was amazing i mean the the one thing I always think when a, when a team goes down to 10, um, a manager's always going to talk about injustice and things like that, you know. So it does galvanise the side. And what they what they can do is they can sit back a little bit because there's a lot of pressure, especially on the home side with 11, to, to push on. So they can then break on the attack. But, there were, you know, like there was moments in that game where you'd be, if you were watching it as a neutral, you'd be difficult to see who had 11 and who had 10. Um, and it wasn't until the last... I'd say, well, into the into into injury time, into extra time, that we that that uh, extra man started to count for us. But it was amazing. I mean, if you watch the whole um, the whole goal back from where it came, you'll see that uh, Alex Bass does this most amazing sort of Cruyff turn and then releases it down the side. And uh, um, it was just it it was just immense. It was it was absolutely fantastic. Um, and I, I guess that the, the penalty it was, or the non-penalty was that is the talking point in a way because that was one all at that particular moment. I've looked at it, and from the from um, the only the only bit I've seen is is straight on. So as the as their player turns, he's coming towards us, and it it genuinely looks like he just he just 
he takes a dive. Is is what it looks like, what it looks like to me. Other people have said that um, from other angles, you see that um, someone's got a bit of his shirt. But I d- I don't know. So I mean, like anyhow, they they're obviously they're obviously going to be upset. Um, but I think there's been a few games where you know that that has happened. That's happened to us. Um, and so I'm, you know, but at the end of the day, it was a most amazing victory. Wonderful celebrations at the end. It was, and it was really needed. I, I said to Alex at the on the day that that last twenty minutes was actually going to might define our season because you know we needed to bounce back, um, and we need to show that we could do something. An actual fact to segue on. I think this is one of the first times that we've won without Ali being in the in the team. So um, we need to do that. And and uh, the new players, you know, the new players we've got in, they look good. Uh, so which is going to be an interesting thing. We'll come on to in a second. You know, like who do, who do we need to replace? Who do we need in? Um, yeah. So anyhow, today the news, the 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 least shocking news in football has been that. Al Al Hamadi has left uh, AFC Wimbledon to join Ipswich Town, who are currently sitting second. Um, although, personally, I'm not entirely sure whether they'll retain that spot because I think there's lots of sides who are who are right up up, up behind them now. Um, but it's I mean it feels like it's you know it's a great move for him. It's I think it's a four and a half year contract. He's going to be on you know obviously a, a load of money. Um, the rumor is that he's gone for 1.75 million, um, uh, which brings us on to the fact about this whole transparency around the fee. What is it? How much is it? And also, I mean, I, I actually put a message out on I think it was Saturday going that you know, I want four million plus some add ons, and I think I was being obviously foolishly optimistic, but you know, two to three million would be quite good, but. My understanding is 1.75 plus add-ons, whatever those add-ons could be. I'm assuming that if he gets into the, if they get into the Premier League, there, sh- there could be more. If he scores a certain number of goals or a certain number of appearances, there could be more. Uh, and there's probably a sell-on clause as well, I'm guessing. But uh, none of it is particularly clear, and it's left up to us to guess. Alex, folks, what do you take away from the transfer? Oh, well, I've ranted about this before and I'm going to rant about it again. Um, first of all, I'm 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 in two minds about this. I'm disappointed that uh, we have let him go. Uh, I think we could have got the same amount of money, whatever the amount of money is. But what we could have got the same amount in the summer. Craig has said that they, the club were looking to sell him in the summer, not now. Uh, I don't think we would have got um, less money in the summer. And I think that this he's a game winner and it proves that once again, we are perhaps giving up on our season, the best season we've had in League Two uh, this time around and a real chance to get promotion. So we could still do it, but I think it's it's tougher without Ali. But obviously, you know, he's got to move to a championship club. He's got more money. The club, Our club has got some money in. We don't actually need the money at the moment um, because the debt repayment isn't until April next year. So we could have held on until the summer. So I am in two minds. I mean, good luck to the guy. 
I was thinking of saying Ali who, but no, I'm I'm going to be more generous than that. I, I hope he's successful, not just because it gets us more money in the long term with all these adults. The frustration is that we have a policy as a club to have transparency because transparency in football finances means less chance for corruption. And so we've got a policy uh, voted on by members uh, that we will have publicity of transfer fees. Now, it could well be that Ipswich have said, absolutely no way, we're not allowing the release of this number. Uh, in which case, fine. Uh, but we should have said it's Ipswich who have declined to let that number be known. The other argument I've heard is, ah, oh, but if we tell people how much money we've got, then we're in a worse position for negotiations to bring in other players because other clubs will know how much money we might have to spend. Well, that might be a decent argument if it weren't for two facts. The first is the club policy. And the second is that the South London press are printing this, uh, this afternoon that it's 1.75 million. So somebody in the club, maybe Ali's agent, maybe Ipswich, but neither of those makes quite so much sense. Uh, but somebody in the club has, has, you know, been a little worm and... Set, you know, use their position of knowing and being very, you know, a big person, um, a very important person to brief the press. And so we lose that argument as well. So I do think this club has a problem with uh, people within it thinking that they can brief the press or brief outsiders who shouldn't need to know. And yeah, again, I'm ambivalent about this because, yes, I do think that this number should have been made public. But I worry that if there are people who think that they are big men who can brief the press because they're important and they know this stuff. Well, what else are they briefing the press and where it might actually do us an immense amount of financial harm? Like if we're trying to sign this uh, Crystal Palace person defender or trying to sign the striker from Solihull. Um the fact that those two thoughts are are also out there, are also known, well, that, again, is somebody leaking stuff from inter, inside the club, and those will both do us damage. So, no, I, I, I don't like the fact that some uh, unelected member of the Suterati has decided that the club policy, as voted on by members of the club, can be just ignored at a whim i think that's that's wrong um, but equally i think that whoever is going around briefing the press and briefing others about stuff really needs to be told to shut up or or find another job anyway that's my rant over yeah, um, i do wish ali all the best i do hope that we get um a new striker in, although I think we've done pretty well in that respect already. And I do hope that we get a new centre-back in before the window closes. Um, I thought centre-back was was a really strong position. It still is. Joe Lewis didn't have the best game on Saturday, but he's clearly an immense player. Uh, Lee Brown, I don't think, is the best replacement centre-back. Alex Pierce is uh, still on his way back from injury. PK is suspended and he's got this charge hanging over him, which means he's probably going to be uh, suspended for a few more games. So, yeah, another centre-back and maybe another uh, number nine, please. Thank you. Thank you very much, <laughs> Alex. I mean, it's um, 
it's it, it is tricky the whole um transfer thing my understanding is that it, it you know the the dtb and the wider membership wanted it to be more transparent but this goes to an issue really around who is running our club at the moment um is it is it the dtb or is it the the plc um and it, it feels like the the the, the plc are being are in charge and um, if there is a thing which says we don't want to give away transfer fees because then that sort of shows our hand, but I think everyone out there is going to know that it that transfer is going to be over a million quid or whatever it is. You know, people are going to put their putting their fees up um, naturally. I think so. It's people already guessed it. So I mean, it's it's. I mean, if that and if, if that is the case, just say just say that is that is that is the policy. And we can argue against it and disagree and disagree with it, but it feels it feels wrong to me. Adam, what's your take on it all? I mean, I know you're very new to the news, but uh, what's your what's your thought anyhow? Yeah. Um, oh, it's a bit. Yeah. I kind of have a general thing that I I I don't know why we didn't hold on till the summer. That that is just I we didn't like Alex said we didn't need the money. I don't really know how these things pan out. Like, who's putting pressure on? I mean, I, my feeling, my feeling, Adam, on that is, it as soon as the side who could be playing the Premier League next year come into Ali's agent and Ali and say, "This is this is your situation," I, I think we're on. I don't think we've got a hope in hell, to be honest. Maybe offering, yeah. No, I think I think you're right. It probably, it, I think you're right. It probably is that. It's like, what can you do? But then I also think, well, yeah, but. That, that doesn't sound like enough money for a team that's already in the automatic promotion places of the championship you know like this is like way higher than us and that doesn't sound like that much more money that that doesn't sound I don't know I mean I don't know how much players really go for but they go for a lot more than that and so well it, this this is going to be the highest this is the highest um, payment for a League 2 player uh, and you know I mean, if if it's one point one point seven five million, it's a fair it's a fair whack, and I guess there's going to be add-ons onto it as well, which could, over time, make us a bit of money. You know, especially if if Ipswich go up, it could make us a bit of money. Uh, it would be lovely to know the details of the deal, and and, and especially the details of the add-on, and that and I feel we're not going to know that. There is something on the on the website right at the end. The last line is. Um, Craig Cope will provide a further update at the at the end of the week post the transfer window. I'm assuming because he'll he'll be updating not just on on Ali but any potential incomings as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like I yeah I I don't know why we can't be more transparent. I don't understand it. Like transparency works, openness works. We know it does. I don't think we'd be at a business disadvantage. Um, you know it it. Like we players sell for silly money, there's add-on clauses for silly money. It's not about it being silly money. It's just like just tell us what the score is, because then I'm also like, what are we going to do with that money? <laughs> That's the other thing that stresses me out. It's like who, like, what decision? You know, how are those decisions going to be made about? Because we don't really know how much money it is right, and we don't know what the add-ons are. So then the decision-making process, which should lie with us and the Don's Trust Board, in the end, in terms of the long-term stability of the club should be based on understanding the full accounting 
things that we're doing because we're owners. Like that's the fact. And and people know these numbers, obviously, in the PLC board or whoever, someone knows them, but we should know them. And I've said this before, I don't know how, you know, if it has to be kept secret, how do you keep it secret when we've got loads of owners? You know, that's really difficult, obviously. But as Alex said, there's already numbers getting leaked here, there and everywhere anyway from somewhere. They're not just making that, they wouldn't be making those things up. They've got some sort of idea that that's a real number because you're not, you know, okay, journalism can be a bit precarious in various places and maybe they do make stuff up sometimes, but... (laughs) I generally believe that they don't. They have sources and they find out information and they wouldn't publish stuff if they weren't at least being told something. And that's bad, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's... It would be... It's, I think it would be... It would be, in a weird way, as a fan-owned club, um, you know, when you when when we win, like Mansfield, one, and it's just amazing. We're all in together. We all feel really excited. And... In actual fact, in a weird way, we want to feel kind of excited about this move as well. So we want to feel excited because we want to we want to go. Okay, we've taken a player who we got for nothing, and in a year, we've kind of made one point seven five million, maybe more on him. And to and to and for for owners, that kind of feels like a bit of a success in a weird way. We're sorry to see him go. Obviously, I mean, I, I think we'd have more of a fighting chance of getting in the playoffs. If he was, if he was still with us, genuinely, but if that's been, if that has happened, that moves happened, and there's all these different add-ons, all these permutations, which are really exciting. I think we should share in that in that weird way. I think as you know, owners, we should share in that kind of like a bit of excitement and 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 the hope that we're going to be able to get some other players in. Maybe at the end of the week, okay. Um, Thursday, Friday, after it's all gone, we will get an update. Because if we've brought if we've brought a couple of players in, and it looks like there's this um, guy Kofi Bamba from from Palace has been talked about, um, and there's several people mentioned different names in regards to a potential other striker. If those if that all happens, and at the end of the week, Craig Cope or someone in that board can say to us, okay, this is how it breaks down then that's brilliant. If it still remains a secret, you know, in perpetuity, that will be frustrating. But because I think, I genuinely think that we, we also want to share in the other bits of success of our club, not just on the field, but these off the field things. I mean, as someone, I think it was Graham Stacey posted something on Twitter today, which, you know, it, it, we've got nothing for Lyle, nothing for Tom Elliott, nothing for Pigs. Okay. And then we got, 800k for Radoni, uh, 1.1 or whatever it's 1.2 for Asal, and now 1.75. That is progress as a club. That is huge progress as well that we've made. And this is what we want to be. We want to be a club that brings players on and sells them for for figures, so we can reinvest it back in the squad, or you know, however we want to. But we want to share in that success. So not to know is also another bit of frustration, in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, and I got. I just don't know why. Why are we keeping these? Why do we not? We're not like revealing someone's wage or anything. It's like, what are we doing? I don't understand the business logic for not being transparent about this. And like Alex says again, the only thing is, is if is Ipswich or the agent or whoever said you cannot publish this stuff, but then just tell us that 
say we would love to be transparent, but in this deal, for it to be done, we were told by the club or the agent that it can't happen. It doesn't put them in a bad, bad light. It just says that their business practice is not to be open and transparent, but ours is, and that's what we should be. So it's just, it is, yeah, like you say, it is a massive... We're all sad to see Ali go for obvious reasons, and I would like to get more money and sold him in the summer, but it's a massive thing for us. We've brought him, we made that, we've made this for him. Like, you know, yeah. um, I mean, I'm just also disappointed of, I'm also disappointed with this thing where they take, then why, like when I change jobs, I don't delete my social media, like head taggers telling me where I work until after that's all sorted. Like, why have we now had it a couple of times? Where literally, the way we're finding out is because players are being told to edit the, or someone in their team, I don't know who manages their social media, is editing the headers in the... What the heck? Well, I think that he, do, he doesn't control his social no, media. No, well, of course obviously. they don't. That's but... his agent. Yeah, so, you know, like, and they're, and, they're, and as soon as they get it, they just do that. I mean, I don't... Why? I don't think there's any need to do that until... Yeah, until just wait, happens. just wait. Like, just, just you just... don't need to edit. Like, the edit button can wait. Like, it's just silly, because it just sets everyone off. And that's the first thing it was like, did you see he's deleted Wimbledon from his bio? It's like, what the heck? Yeah. And, I mean, I, I, it's clearly set you off, Adam. I can sense that. But, <laughs> Look, it, it was it was the way we found out. Um, I think it was fairly classless. Um, I'm happy to believe it was by his agent. That, that, uh, Ali has been in uh, Asia Cup duty and sad to see that he got knocked out today. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, I think the other thing that was vaguely classless is we are this far down the line. It may be only a couple of hours, but there's been a uh, a comment by Ali saying how wonderful Ipswich are. He's heard nothing but good things about them and how delighted he is to be joining them. But I think that the other thing he could have done if he if he was had good grace would be to record a video saying how much he loved his time at Wimbledon and thanking the fans and the and the staff there. That hasn't happened yet. I'm I'm hoping it will, but um, you know if you can do one thing, you can do be, you can do well, both. I, yeah, I mean I'm going to take Ali's side on this. I mean I think my my feeling is that what's happened is they Ipswich sent out um, um, a team to do a medical on him, and they sent out PR person as well. So they and and they brought all the shirts. So they videoed him. So that video that's come out that's been that was posted up by the Ipswich people, and they did they did all of that, and then. You know, I'm hype. I'm he, he, for whatever reason, because of the game and all that sort of stuff. He's and now he's having to, he's having to decompress a lot of things, isn't he? A rucker out of the. Of, I I get uh, that. I get I, that. My feeling is he'll do it. I would I'm be hoping... if he hasn't done it by Thursday, I'd be very surprised. But I I I fully expect to see him do something because he's been he's been um. He's been wonderful in all sorts of things. You know, he's often said he often posts his things online. Um, this um, there's uh, the guy from the Alex McDoor uh, wrote an wrote an amazing wrote his about his experience with prostate cancer and, and Mick we're delighted that you're over it and I'm sure you listened to this but uh, also um, you know Ali commented on that he did comment and I noticed that actually and I did yeah. think oh he actually probably does have some access to his social media because he'd made a legitimate comment. Yeah, but probably, so, probably in terms, but probably not in terms of doing all the bobbins around the outside, but like looking at things. So I think he's, I, I'm, I mean, he, he was amazing, an absolute amazing player for us. 
far, far too good for League Two, as it's as it's shown. And he, it's a real. It's going to be a huge step up for him, and I hope he does well. I mean, and I hope he does well for him. But more importantly, as a Wimbledon fan, I hope he does well because if we can get something off the back of it, brilliant. I still keep in, I still keep tracking on Jack Radoni's progress. Uh, so he score a goal at the weekend. Really hoping that he can move on and we can get some money from that. Um, no, I was going to say, I wonder if there's any historical data on like what Salon, what the clauses have been where some where a club has been promoted from the Championship to the Premier League with a sale. I wonder if that exists anywhere. But yeah, it's um, no, he better do a video or something because he he came he's come across as that kind of guy who got us friendly, sure. always signing the autographs or you know photo of me. You know, all that kind of stuff, right? So I just, he's got to do it. And also just to be, to be, to be real. And yeah, like I said, if, if, like you said, if they sent a whole PR thing out, Ipswich are obviously going to big it up because Ipswich are going to be selling this buy as to what is going to make sure they stay in the automatic promotion, all that kind of stuff. I just, obviously, at the back of my mind, all of this is football agents. I've never met one. I don't want to meet one. I'm pretty sure that they're like almost as bad as estate agents. And so it's stressing me out that they're even anywhere near these players. So, yeah, he better do I a video and it better not, you know. Of course, Adam, he's, Adam, he's, he's, he, they're doing it because they're looking after the best interests of their player. And he's money, like, money, that's so, what they're doing it. Of course it is. But it is money all round, isn't it? I mean, and he's going to be making a, he's going to be making a whack of it. So, some things are more important than money, though. Tell player. those agents. Tell these agents. Tell these estate agents. Some things are more important than money. Wow. <laughs> Dear listeners, I've just, just got the two angriest people here today. I just want to go back to one other thing, because um, reference Jack Rodoni brought it up. But the the uh, Graham Stacey tweet about Jack Rodoni, 800k, Obasar, 1.1 mm. 1. 1 million, 1.75 million. Uh, for Ali. Yeah, Graham makes a really good point. But can I also say that none of those figures are official? In every single case, this was an undisclosed fee. And so we are going on either uh, press reports or rumour or being able to read the accounts two years later to get the figure. Um, so, yeah, it's it's. I hear what you say as well about... Um, yeah, Ali's been really busy with the Asia Cup and all that sort of thing, and he's the Ipswich PR team, so on and so forth. Yeah, absolutely true. Um, I might have been being a bit harsh, but as you say, Matt, uh, if he isn't um, producing a video by the by by the end of this week, then I will be disappointed. Okay, excellent. and we can catch up on that. We'll reflect on that in the next podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh no, it's a real, I mean, it's a real, it's a it's a kicker, but I don't. My general thought is that if a side from League One or the lower echelons of the Championship had come in, we could have probably said we could have probably said no. But um, but I think this was I think this was a, this would be a very very difficult a very difficult ask and was a bit left field I thought. Anyhow, we wish him all the best and let's let's move on. Um, so the next the next thing coming up. Um, which I'm so excited about. I know Alex is excited about particularly. It's brilliant. It's the Alex Volks Trophy. Yes, we're in the quarterfinals and we're away at Peterborough. Um, I'm expecting wholesale changes, although I'm now wondering as we're getting closer to a potential Wembley showpiece, 
I mean, this is the most difficult tie we could have got. Um, and and uh, I think in the other leg, uh, we play the winner of Wickham versus, oh, who is it? I know it's one of Alex's favourites. Um, oh, Brighton's under 21s. So um, we could be facing, we could be facing Brighton's under 21s in the next round. Alex, Alex, what do you think? I still don't care. Um, <laughs> look, this is a, a, we've said it before, we'll say it again. A lot of people have the same view. This is a trophy that has been massively devalued by having the under 21s in there. Um, I'm not going to give a damn about it until the last of the under 21s, Brighton, um, have lost. Um, I hope that's this round because I'd like to care when it gets to the semi finals. Um, I want us to do well, I want us to win, um, but I'm not going to go, even if it's at home, I wouldn't go um, tomorrow because, yeah, it's still a devalued trophy and it's a real shame uh, because it should be something. It should be something that we can get really excited about. But at the moment, it's just meh. It's interesting. Um, I think, uh, the Bigger stadiums and all of that sort of stuff. So he he was he was advocating it from his point of view. Um, I, I, but listen, I, I I'm just putting that out there. It's not an opinion I I, I agree with. Um, but they're going like, to like they're any players going to advocate something where they get more games and to get put to play against players that are of a of a higher caliber, etc. Aren't they? That's what they they love playing football. They want to play football probably every day against the best teams that they can possibly face. They, they they aren't thinking about it from the point of view of it just being not so great for the fans because they obviously move around as well whereas we don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 going to be an interesting one. I mean I think um, yeah, we expect wholesale changes. I think tomorrow, although maybe not as big a changes as we uh, as has happened in previous rounds. I thought obviously Nick starts in goal. I'm I'm assuming uh, uh, Ethan Sutcliffe will start at. Centre centre back probably alongside Lewis. Um, I'd be interested to see who start who starts left back. Um, you know because again I guess it's a game we're gonna we are now going to want to win because you're that close. That's the thing now. It's kind of like as much as you know. I do think we still need to focus on the league, obviously, but it's getting to that point where it's like it's worth winning now at that point in terms of money and revenue and the potential of final. Yeah. So we don't want to we don't want to don't want to mess around too much because it's probably worth quite a bit to the club at this point. Um, and yeah, if all the under twenty ones are out, I'm going to the final if we ever got there. Like, why wouldn't you? But if the under twenty ones are in, no, because it's just stupid. The other thing that they've started doing is the rumor is going round about the FA wanting to abolish um, the League Cup, um, the 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 middle trophy. Which is where the big six have traditionally played their up and coming youngsters, and so if they abolish that, uh, then where are these players going to play? 
there's going to be even more demand for more under 21 sides in, in the in the trophy so i'm i'm thinking they're going the wrong way about it i think that if the big clubs want to have so many youngsters have such a huge farm system then take the b team premiership b or whatever it used to be called seriously have some decent games there uh, rather than forcing us to have to play against them in a in a devalued trophy are you Aaron, you're saying the fa might be making a bad decision i i mean i mean i would i would worry that they might tarnish their reputation by doing so but you know it is possible really i thought there was a precedent for them making bad decisions yeah yeah yeah, but oh. that makes more sense, doesn't it? It's like, why not? Why don't they just sort out some under twenty-one? They've got the money, sort it out. You know, don't don't mess around with the stuff that we like, because we don't need it. And yeah, like you said, they're going to have these massive squads of four billion players. They they need to figure out a way of making them play games without. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I genuinely, I genuinely thought that's what the loan market was for, to a certain degree. You know, don't have such large squads. Maybe, maybe if there was something about our. Uh, Keeping squad sizes to a, a, you know, manageable level would be quite nice. And maybe not having contract, eight-year contracts. I don't know. There's something wrong there somewhere. I can't figure definitely out definitely some is. things wrong there. They could loan us yeah. a few and we for, like, yeah. nothing. That'd be fine. Just pay them. We'll yeah. play them. It's no problem. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. Anyhow, it seems really good. But um, to, to wrap up on football, thing, football things, I guess what we're what we're you know, obviously Alex is going to be glued to it tomorrow, looking forward to the result. Um, we're hoping by the end of the week, what we're looking for is a is is a video from Ali. I'm convinced he'll do it because I think he's got nothing but love for us. And we've got lo- I've got nothing but love for him. He's just an amazing player. Hopefully a couple of players in. We're looking at, uh, at least a centre-back and then uh, a striker. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm seeing there's this talk going doing the round at the moment um i think the name josh kelly's come up more than once uh from solly hole apparently he's played for maidenhead united and done well there and uh is doing a well at solly hole as well I, i'm interested in, with that because he's a mid-20s uh whereas obviously ali was you know 19 20, 20 i think when we got him in so there's something there'll be something nice about getting that young untapped talent and uh, doing what we can with them again. Um, but then, anyhow, who knows? At the moment, it's all speculation. So by the end of the week, hopefully we'll have a couple of more players in. But I'd like to just end this um, episode uh, talking about Nick Pugh, um, who um, I've met him on numerous occasions. Just the nicest, nicest man. I've got just bear with me. I've just got a couple of little stories. The first time I, I encountered Mick was actually on a video. If you go back, there's um, uh, there was a documentary. I think one of the very first ones, like a fly on the wall documentary of Wimbledon's first season in Division One, as it was then. It follows the team all the way through. Um, and we play Everton in, um, I think it was the, the fifth round of the, of the FA Cup. And we win 3-1. But there, on the side of it, there was also protests um, against a possible move to merger with Crystal Palace was the big thing at the time. And they're doing an interview outside and they've got all the fans around. And the spokesman is Mick Pugh. 
And even at that point, he's so vociferously, um, no, we'll never go to Palace. Uh, that was the first encounter that I'd seen I'd seen him. And I just, I remember watching that thinking, that's uh, uh, that's the Wimbledon fan I want to be. He was just, he was great at that time. So incredibly loyal. And in recent years, I remember seeing him, you know, forking the pitch at King's Meadow. He was always that guy. He was in charge of the, the Wimbledon Old Players Association. Um, so for my 50th, yes, that's how old I am. Um, uh, he put together a little montage of clips from from players. So uh, Alan Cook, John Fashnew, even Robbie Earl and others. put He put together this lovely little birthday montage for me, which is just the most beautiful thing. And he didn't need, he's just such a wonderful man. And when it came to the, the my play last year, he was a huge supporter of it and got people in. And he's just the most, he was just the most passionate, loyal, wonderful um, Wimbledon fan and just amazing human being. And I'm so pleased that we got to do a minute round of applause for him because if there was anyone that deserves that special attention as a fan who's gone way above and beyond it was Mick Pugh and I will miss him sorely and I just you know his his wife Anne is just a beautiful woman and um I wish her and her son and her family and friends all the best because yeah just a wonderful man yeah Mick he, Mick was the embodiment of Wimbledon um I was delighted on Saturday, as you say, that we did the minutes applause, and it was heartfelt. And there were, there wasn't. Sometimes you see these things for fans, and they're sort of people are sort of yeah, I'll do it, but yeah, whatever. This was genuine applause. A lot of people won't have known him, of course, but enough people did, and they were absolutely, you know, taking part. The players were taking part, and thank you, Mansfield players, for really taking part yeah. as well. Um. And you, on the screen, I was going to call it the big screen, but it's not exactly big, uh, the scoreboard, you had this montage of um, photos of Mick through the ages and the, the goal celebration that we use on Twitter now. Um, there's one with him in it, and it's brilliant. Um, and the number of people who have posted things about him in his day job as a teacher and what a lovely teacher he was and what a lovely guy he was. He was as you say, Matt, all round the embodiment of Wimbledon. And I think we're, we are a poorer club thanks to him going. Um, and, you know, I wish his family all the best because he was a lovely bloke. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, brilliant. Well, listen, um, yeah, we'll dedicate everything to Mick. He's just, he's just a gorgeous man. Um, thank you all very much for listening um, and let's uh, have some good news for the rest of the week. Uh, thanks, Alex. Thanks, Adam. Thank you, listener. And we'll catch you all again soon. Mm-hmm.